And we're back with another episode of Easy Out. Here we are at the end of the All-Star break, and how have you enjoyed this All-Star break away uh, from this team? Uh, it's been pretty nice because, it was like you just said, it is an All-Star break of the team. And a break of watching Jack Morris mess everything up. Oh yeah, it was. it's like he just took a hand grenade and just threw it into a, a flash mob building and watch everyone scramble. Sounds good to me. So for those of you who don't know, a little bit more context on the Jack Morris comments. He threw out some comments the other day about the team lacking a leader, and Castellanos and Cabrera apparently took that way too personal. And now you got Cabrera arguing balls and strikes on purpose to get thrown out of the game, or what you could say could be on purpose. And I, th- I think it was taken so hard because the team is doing so poorly right now. And when you're doing so poorly like that, and one throwing, person, it, one throwing person in a lack says, of leader comment isn't well, One person says really anything negative. Somebody's bound to the snap. The whole team's a short fuse right now. And somebody's that just somebody's bound to snap. And it just ha- so happened to be the people who you think are the leaders in the clubhouse. And, like I said, it's when you're doing that poorly, somebody's bound to snap. And it's really all that is to it. Just so happened the biggest names did it this time. Yeah, the two most important people on the team. So, really, right. we don't want to make them mad and do get themselves thrown out all the time so, so we can prove just so we can prove to Jack Morris hey we're leaders right everything came that has come out of Cabrera's mouth this week is I'm a leader I'm a leader right I'm a leader. I it, do this because I'm a leader I, it's almost like he's being sarcastic Cabrera, about it this Cabrera is as bad as the drunk driving Cabrera do you know who I am right. yeah I, I don't like this this Miggy this is not my Miggy oh Jesus nah so another problem that we've got and this is a big problem Depending on how you look at it, more than likely it's a big problem. It's a big problem. Alavila's contract is extended. I didn't. Did you hear the specifics on what it was exactly? They still have not released the specifics. That's even worse. More than more so because I think they want they don't want uh, the city of Detroit mobbing Comerica Park on an off day because they want to kill Chris Illich. Right. Yeah. I don't know what the move here is unless there's it's, just nobody else out there that. They even want to try to spend the money on and gamble with, or they actually I, like the guy. I will say this. I saw I was watching a bunch of reports on him earlier. Fox Sports did a great, I think, a great interview with him with uh, Kirk Gibson, which Kirk Gibson doesn't really help because Kirk Gibson has to be on his side no matter what he's doing right. because he's a special assistant to the GM. He's got a foul. He's just he's a sheep. He's got this, a brown nose. He's a sheep in this this situation, so that really doesn't count. And same thing with Shepard. Shepard's kind of a sheep in general. You're right. But they were saying that, you know, oh, it's not looking so good for the big club, but you are not just revamping the big club. You are revamping the entire organization, all the AAA teams. And I will say this. He's done, a, I guess, a decent job of that. But you're putting, you know, people who go to minor league games like to go to the minor league games because, for one, they're cheaper mm-hmm. than the oh, major yeah. league games. They are, you know, well, usually a little bit more fun because they're more family friendly. Right. They do a lot more mini games and stuff like that. Oh yeah. There. So I mean, you're putting seats in the in the minor league stands, but at the end of the day, isn't what you want seats in the big they stands? Big league stands, and they're pretty empty. They're very empty. They might as well start competing with the Rays for as low. Uh, they're not that bad. They're not that bad. The Rays, I think, are averaging under sub. Th- well, yeah, sub ten thousand. What did they right? just do the other night? Two dollars a ticket or whatever the other night. I have no idea. But I just, they are not. I think this is just a, a fantastic way to just tick all the fans off even more. And I mean, 
if you've got to read what people are saying about Illich, about uh, Avila, if you're Illich, you've got to read about it. I, yeah, I don't know. If we keep so, this pace, we're going to be as bad as the Mets front office wise. I don't think we're going to be that bad because the, there it's just a bunch of. It's a circus. Yeah, it's a circus there, but I don't think it's. And we've we've gathered. We've got our first act in the circus together, and that's Al Avila. Whether whether we want to call him the lady with the bearded lady with the the back hair, whatever we want to call him, that's Al Avila. So that's step number one in the system. Let's see what happens. But we got those problems, and whether the fans like Avila or not, I don't think this is going to help the morale any. It's, so it's gonna be hard. I mean, it. When I don't know, dude. It's so hard to say whether it's a. You know, a great. Or a good signing or a bad signing. Because of the things he's doing in the minor league systems are good for that. Right. But at the same time, it's. Frustrating, because you're watching his team make you're no progress. The, you're in the watching big the leagues. team. It seems like it's making no progress. In the bigs. It's kind of just a lottery system. Who do you want to bring up this week and see what they do? Right. It's just it's just bad, man. It's it's tough to watch right now. And it's probably going to be like that another year, too. If this podcast sticks on another year, yeah, we're, we're the best. Uh, it's going to be bad for a couple of years more. Hopefully in 2021 we can at least do something. But as of right now, it's... I say we just see how far we can go with going to minor league games. Yeah. Let's go to I, I love, and To be honest with you, I love going to Toledo. I love going to Toledo. I've never been there. I've been to I've been to my fair share of Loon, um, Great Lakes Loons games. They're fun. I, you should, I only go, I mainly go when they're playing the Whitecaps, and I'm the only person in the stadium cheering for the Whitecaps. Yeah, my stepdad and I went to a Detroit Tigers game at one one time and then drove down to Toledo and caught a 7 o'clock game. That's not bad. That I, respect, was a, that was I respect that kind of move. That was an awesome day. So, how about we hop off of the negativity of the front office and the announcing booth, and how about we just hop into our player of the week? Because the, I think we at least had a player of the week who brought some light to last week. Oh, and he killed it this week. And this Absolutely is, killed it. This is a player that I think they need to do with, ironically, my pitcher of the week, too. Yeah. And, and, and Jammer Condelario, because we, we clicked on that. Jammer Condelario... Was hitting absolutely terrible in the beginning of the season. Right. Like, nice. All right, you are a big part of this rebuild. You are our third baseman. Because mm-hmm. honestly, he, this year he has not been bad with the glove. It's always been his Achilles heel. But right now he's not doing that half bad with the glove. Uh, he's like, you are a third baseman. The guy can hit. The guy brings some pop to the lineup. Switch hitting. You know, the guy, the, the kid's good. and But he wasn't hitting for anything. Wasn't Couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. And hit his way out of wet paper bag. Exactly. But he send, did. Him down, send him down to AAA. Go figure yourself out. Yeah. You will be back, but go figure yourself out. He and went he, and figured himself yeah, out. Yeah, and he didn't. And he, he absolutely tore the ball. He didn't off get upset about it either. He's like, I understand. Right. This he is was the real understanding of, the game. of it. And taking that mentality down there with it, you it's, see him going six hits, seven RBIs, four home runs, four home and runs. a double. I will, Dude, if that guy could hit four home runs every week, oh my God. You know what I mean? Like that's just that's what we need. I think if he, I think he'll keep this going too. And who knows? Maybe a little. Maybe if we do this with my pitcher of the week, Joe Jimenez. Yeah, we talked about this last week. That Joe Jimenez it would do him some good to go down. Like I said, 
won't stay long on this topic because like I said we had a whole yeah. 15 minutes about it last week but Joe Jimenez would be good for him to go down get get some time at AAA figure himself out Brush not even mechanics. worry about the stats at AAA just we'll figure some things out figure out if it's Say, arm hey, slot a little bit of arm command um, figure out if it's a slider not working right if he needs to change the grip on it a little bit what, what, make sure he's repeating his mechanics properly figure it out Go down there, come back at the end of July, and dominate again like he did last year. It's we can't use the thing of oh well he's not used to the full one sixty two. He he did it last year. Yep. He's got to he's got to get it sometime soon. So it's he needs to go down, figure himself out, and come back just like just like uh, Candy did. Yep, and I I just think. Really, that's probably the best move to do right now. I mean, it's not gonna hurt us. No, we we it's can't we can't get us. any worse. Well, we can, but I there's no point in worrying no. about not saying it because right. Well, honestly, like we got Trevor Rosenthal, which he's probably gonna come up because somebody just got optioned down the other day. So Trevor Rosenthal is probably gonna come up. We have another bullpen pitcher down there. I don't care who he is. Bring him up for Joe Jimenez for a couple weeks. It's it's gonna do everybody an amount of good. In the long run, I think offensively last week we didn't do too bad, really. Oh, two seventy-three. We did two. Yeah, we did around two seventy, eight home runs, <clears throat> two triples, twelve doubles. I mean, that's another week where our hitting Asians was working. Eight home runs. Yeah, n- another week where our hitting was working and our pitching was complete garbage. Yeah, and we had a seven fifty RA for the last week, and it's so ten home what, runs. You know what we I realized though, in this era of this team being bad. You know, ever since 2015, even though we almost were the last team eliminated from playoff contention in 16, I think a lot of people forget about that. That in 16 we were actually, uh, well, yeah, we weren't putting we up we weren't putting up the numbers that we were a couple 80, years ago, and we might as well. In, in 2016, we were 86 and 75. I mean, look at the we years. Literally, we, the year we went to the World Series, we were only 88 and 74. We were two games less than the 2012 World Series team. But what I'm saying though is a lot of people forget about that but anyway in this whole era of the Tigers losing since 20, 2015 it seems like the pitching will do absolutely phenomenal like in the beginning of the season we had like a one eighteen. we had one the best, best pitching in the beginning of the season the first month of the season the Tigers had the best pitching in the league it's probably first two weeks I should say not the first month but we will have like a one ERA one team ERA but our but our offense will hit like sub 100 for a team. Yeah. And then our then our hitting will just explode and we'll score eight runs a game, but guess what? Our pitching can then give up nine. And then we're making the other teams hit and explode pitching. Right. Because our pitching will give up nine. And it's like it's always this constant back and forth battle. And it's like when will this team get hot as a, as a whole at the right time? It's you just can't have you can't be giving up more runs than what your offense is doing. Right. It's how about we transit one thing Verlander always did well and no matter what like in the years he was good he didn't really give up a whole lot of runs to begin with I shouldn't say the years he was good the years he was good with the Tigers like 2010 2011 2012 2013 those years when you Verlander would give up or the Tigers would get a run but Verlander would give up zero the Tigers would get about two runs Verlander would give up one Tigers would get four runs. The Tigers, he never really gave up more than three. But he always 
Okay, I gave up my three that I'm allowed to, even though I didn't want to, and he stopped it right there. He yep. always flipped the switch, boom. Nobody else is scoring on us. Nobody else is scoring the rest of the game. That's one thing Verlander always, always did great, in my opinion, is he never, never let the team score more than what we, we did. Obviously, he did sometimes, but yeah, still, it just seemed like they were always, he was right there all the time. So as we usually do with this is while we get bummed out we're talking about the team with player and pitcher of the week, how about we jump up to our quote future and we'll have we take our prospect of the week. And I took yet again Willie Castro. So honestly he just the dude's tearing it up down there. He hit three thirty three for the week. Uh home run, eight hits, four runs, four RBIs. Yeah, I'd like to see the walks to strikeouts number a little bit better. He's got yeah. one walk to four strikeouts. I'd like to see that one and one or even two to one. Um, That's not as bad as some of the most most of the younger guys are doing. No, on I mean it's most still, of the younger I, guys are. You need a telephone pole to hit what they're swinging at. Well, I mean it looks not half bad here, but if you get into like, to if you start yeah, extending that out that same pace, you're getting ten walks to forty strikeouts. I mean that's not great. Right. But here it doesn't look bad. But I'd like to see that number even out a little bit. Um, this guy is, ever since he came over in the Leonis Martin trade, it's this guy's this guy's the man. This guy's the man. So, hopefully he, uh, hopefully he keeps going, man. That would be nice. That would be really nice if he can keep. He's gonna put put up nice competition with Harold Castro too. Yeah, I think Harold Castro is. I'm coming around on him. I didn't like him right from the get go. I thought he was kind of sloppy all around, and now he's like really making me change my mind. He's pretty good with the glove too. Yep, and he's versatile. So, um, yeah, for the the prospect of the week. I didn't even, to be honest with you, I didn't even look at stats. I was about to do stats that night and figure out my, my people. And I saw Isaac Paredes hitting absolute bombs at the minor league home run derby, and he ended up tying for the win with it. So I was like, Isaac Paredes is my play, uh, prospect of the week. Just for that, he was absolutely hitting just absolute moonshots at the minor league home run derby. And I was like, that's good enough for me. That'll, that'll win it for you. Yeah. So, I, uh, I took Isaac this week. Take what you can get. Uh, whatever I can get. So, uh, for our first little bit of bonus content for the All-Star break, we're going to do a, a brief first half review. And really, uh, I kind of start off with stars at the plate. Really, uh, looking at stars at the plate, it's kind of hard to find one. But right away, I think the first one I picked for start. The biggest star at the plate for the Tigers this season was Nico, first half was Nico Goodrum. Yeah. Um, yeah, Nico. I mean, his average is a little bit low, but honestly, right. the entire team's average yeah. is low. I mean, our top two hitters are 304 and 282. You know, like, Nico's 235. But in like, the 2012 team was the lowest on the team. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's a different team, so it's, you know, it's, it's hard to gauge. But, uh, no, Nico had a good first year. Um, first half, eight, you should say. Yeah, I'm sorry. First half, that's what I meant to say. You know, eight stolen bases, uh, which I love to see. I love stolen bases. But being able to play every position, I, I'm always high on Nico Goodwin because he can play any position, anytime you want, and just goes out and does this thing no matter what. He always, yep, got it. Yep. Whatever you need me to do, let's do it. Let's go. Um, yeah, probably my first half star would honestly – Probably be Jacoby. Yeah, I, was, I, I, I figured you're gonna say. That. I just happened to have a look at his name. I'm like, he's gonna pick Jacoby. I'm a huge Jacoby fan, and I think everybody knows that. I absolutely love Jacoby Jones. His numbers aren't as good as some of the other guys, but because of him coming out of his shell, 
recently until he got hurt, it's it's been phenomenal to see that spark at the top of the lineup. He needs he, he's, he's hit ninth most of the time, but again, that's the top of the lineup because you roll over and you go right to the big men. Uh, I would love to see him keep hitting. I'd love to see him come back healthy and strong. Hopefully, this uh, All Star break really helped him out. Yeah, I feel but, like it will. Oh, I think it will too. But <clears throat> I think it'll give everybody a break and let everybody cool off. But well, yeah, Jacoby, let tensions cool down right. and start over. Just let Jacoby, Jacoby Jones heal up. Let him continue on this tear that he's on. I mean, he's tied for second right now with multiple nuns on the team with Castellanos. And just let him heal up. Let him get do his thing. And having him back and healthy and, you know, doing his thing, it'll be great. It'll I think be great I'll, for this club for the future. I'll take one more. Start the plate for the first half, and I'll give that to Dixon. Yeah, Dixon's been awesome coming up early or coming up late this not late in the season, but, but later yeah. in the first half, coming up in like May and leading the team in home runs by three home runs. I mean, the guys, the guys putting up good numbers too. Twelve home runs, thirty-four RBIs, three stolen bases, nine walks, sixty-one strikeouts. That see, that's what I'm saying. It's that's that number that I would love to see balance yeah. out a little bit more. I think it'll will a little bit of experience. Yeah, that's almost too. A, that's almost a one to seven. You know what I mean? I would I would love to see that number balance out, but it's uh, I I do love watching Brandon Dixon play. He puts good good bat on the ball every time. I guess you say he puts good lays down to the wood. Is right. what we could really say. Yeah, he's he's a gamer, man. He goes out there and battles. I mean, just just battles every pitch, every at bat. He never never lays down and gives up. He's just doing his thing. How about? See, we're going to turn into a comedy podcast right here, and we're going to say who were the stars on the mound. Uh, the stars on the mound was probably was Garden Hire when he took the ball from someone. No, probably when they drew the for the Fourth of July, they put the mound, the stars on. That's about as good as I got. I, that's I got, about as good as it gets. I got Guardy or whoever's backup taking the ball because Guardy's getting tossed all the time. Oh, is it? The, he's not Lamont. He's not hobbling his way out there. Oh, dude, he's not with the team for two years. You sure? I thought I saw Try him. me. I thought I saw him all the time. No. Again, that just proves how much I how well. No. Uh, honestly, I'd probably say Turnbull. I mean, honestly, his his record looks like crap. But I mean, three thirty one ERA. Like he's the guy's doing good things. Eighty four strikeouts. You know, the thirty four walks. I like that. But he's just going out there and. A season where he did, it was he was really supposed to be competing for that fifth spot with right. Daniel Norris, and he ended up get, getting given a spot because of Michael Fulmer. Um, you know that was huge for him, and he he's taken every advantage of it like perfectly. And I thought he you know he's hurt right now, but I thought he's done a really really great job of just coming in, stepping up, and at least giving his cha- team a chance to win. You know, some of these guys on the list, we won't name names, uh, <clears throat> but they're not even given, they're not even given the guys a chance to win. They're not even given them a chance to compete. It's, you know, it's hard to see that when Spencer's out there. Yeah, he's three and eight, but he's gaming. He's giving yeah. the team every ounce, every ounce of everything that Spencer's got, and he's putting it all out there on the line, saying, "Yep, this is the best I got. Do what you can do with it." I think we need to remind Zimmerman that your ERA is kind of like playing golf. The lower it is, the better you are. Right. Uh, I'm going to take a cop out. I'm just going to take Shane Green for starting the mound. 
Yeah, that's pretty. Cool. I don't want to get saddened by looking even more at all the stats. So when, I'm when just he's on Clegger in a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. It'll be really sad after that. We yeah, won't, we won't come to that though. The only thing I liked about going back to what Cabrera said about being a leader is they listened to an interview and they were talking about Boyd and he says, I don't know why everyone says we want to get rid of him. We need him. Yeah. That's exactly true. But, again, this is lots asking... Of, lots of control, you know, and it's... If you're... Here's, here's what I think. And I actually just thought about this. If you think that trading Boyd is a good idea, that means you know in your front office you are at least, however long Boyd has on his contract away from competing because Boyd is a huge part of this team mm-hmm. mentally Boyd is yeah Boyd I mean, you, is, got, you got Cabrera is, saying we need him and you, you rip him away right. from us Boyd we... is a huge part not even on the field Boyd is a huge part of that locker room that is obviously family is family you know yeah every one second you walk into a clubhouse for the, and you put on the old English team you are family but Boyd Boyd is a, is a leader on that team I think we're going to talk about this until the deadline happens. I think we need to talk about this every episode and just that little That's bit. The thing, though. It's like that if, thread. If, if they're thinking that if you want to sign, okay, Josh Harrison, Jordy Mercer, Matt uh, Matt Moore, and Tyson Ross, four injury-ridden players, you can't do anything about that. You know, you those four, though, were supposed to get traded at the deadline. Right. Al Avila signed them in, in hopes of, okay, these guys are going to do well. And then we're going to trade them at the deadline and get prospect pieces. That's what we did for, with Mike Fires. Mm-hmm. That's what we did with Leonis Martinez. Then he goes and hit, throws a no-no. Right. Whatever. But if you're telling me you're going to trade one of our number one pieces be, who's got years of control, about, control on him, you're telling me that we're not going to compete until, his, until after his contract's up. That's why you're thinking about trading him. There are people that are rebuilding right now that they have players that have like six, seven, eight yep. years of control. They are untouchables because, no, at the end of our rebuild, he's going to be our guy. So with them saying that Matt Boyd's going to be on the on the trading block, Shane Green, I get. He's only here for another year after this year. I get that one. His trade stock is at an all-time high right now. I get that one. But Matt Boyd's got like three, four, five years of control on him. You're telling me we're not going to compete for another five years, Al? That's what that means if he's not so hot on the trade block. Same thing with Cassianos last year. I get that one. Only a year left of control. After a year and a half left of control. I get that. But if you're telling me Matt Boyd, you're another five years, that's what that means, and that's why it's such a huge shot in the face to Tiger fans across the world because you're tra- trying to trade. The fans see it as, okay, we're like two or three years away. Yeah, that's, that's what we're office, on right now. But the front office is telling us now it's five. With, with him, to- I don't know how long Matt Boyd's control was up. But that's what that's what they're basically telling us. It's just, it's hard. They're it's now hard they're, because we think the players that are supposed to be here for the end of this rebuild are the ones getting traded, or the ones getting talked about, and that is very. Difficult. See, what, what also bugs me is the articles of Tigers hoping to add faster rebuild at trade deadline or something, something like that. See, usually how it works with trading baseball is you're not going to get a high-end, faster rebuild player come traded line because if you're getting someone who's going to rebuild, help rebu- help you rebuild faster, chances are the other team knows something. I mean, look at Cespedes. Do you, do you think this was like a shine deal for us, or do you think the other team probably knew something in, in dealing them? 
You're talking Oakland or Boston sending them here? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was just a, team, a trade that would – we didn't really trade prospects for them. But, I mean, it's, it's – We traded the, Major League for Major League. We traded Rick Porcello for, for assessments pretty much straight up. Yeah, they, you, they had to have known about so – You had they had to have known something about – Well, it just wasn't fitting. There's just some times where it just doesn't fit. Like Robinson Cano in Seattle. It, it made, a, it made it was a decent deal in the beginning, but it just didn't fit like him in New York. That's why they traded him back to New York. I just I just don't think that if we're going to try to get a player that's going to help us rebuild faster, I don't think it's going to... Cespedes didn't really help us rebuild. That was just retooling. No, I'm just using him as an example. Well, that was just retooling, though. I just think that on paper it's like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, get, we'll deal with these players, and in the end we'll get these players out of it. They'll help us rebuild faster. But in reality, there's so many more variables to it that... By the way, Matt Boyd is an earliest free agent in 2023. So he's not telling. He's telling us until after twenty twenty three, we have to wait to compete again. Hey. That's how I take it. I mean, it's a huge. Like I said, it's a huge. I just see it's it a as a huge shot in the face. They're huge. Just too impatient is the problem. They're impatient, but they're they're trying to be too patient at the same time. And dealing boys. Dealing boys is going to do nothing but push this rebuild back, because all you're going to get is prospects in the double A era or the double A level. And what? Now we've got to wait for them to come back to the majors. We just had a guy who's in the majors competing well, and he's young and he's controllable till twenty twenty three. Why? We have to wait another. Now we have to wait for them to develop, and we have to we have to bank on those guys developing like Boyd did. Development is such a, sh- a shot in the dark. Your yeah. number one prospect, your Mike Trout could turn into Mike Trout, or turn into Ryan Rayburn, or could turn into Ryan Rayburn. But your Ryan, you see but, your, but your Ryan Rayburn could turn into Mike Trout, right? You know what I mean? And it, it's just a shot it, in the dark, man. I just most of the, a lot of the Tigers that, who they hope to be Trout end up turning into Rayburn. It's it's tough, man. It's really I tough. I think what I I just thought of a little theory right now is Dickerson and Price. They really like the idea of Soto making himself a, becoming a bullpen pitcher, and they showed it the other night in the seventh where he came out and pitched a lights out seventh or whatever it was. They don't see kind of like Shane Greenhouse. Shane Green was supposed to be a starter, and that just isn't working. And Soto is wishy-washy. Is he going to be a starter or not? What if because he get, he came up that one good inning? What if they deal Green and they instead of using Jimenez as a closer, they say, "Hey, Soto, how about you try it out?" And what if? I think I think Soto's, that's probably a little too young to just. I think that's a reach, in. but for but a take, I, but Jimenez Jimenez has got the stuff, and I think he's got he's got the stuff to be a closer. He's just got to fix it in his head. Because that's, that's Jimenez's problem right now, is in his head. So, again, go down to the minors, figure yourself out, come back, and be our closer. Because that's what it's going to take. Let's but I, I do think there's not a whole lot of many, there's not a whole lot of closer options right. in our farm system, like up and down. Jimenez coming up, you knew, oh, this guy's going to be our closer, this guy's going to be our closer. Okay, now he's here. Now he's getting mentored by Shane Green, who is right now the one or two closer in the league. You could probably argue that Aroldis Chapman's up there. I'll take Shane Green. Anyway, yeah, that's probably a little biased st- stance there. But it was a Chapman now. I'll definitely take Green over Chapman now. But younger Chapman, I'll, yeah, Shane Green doesn't. But this, I'm talking this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I I think Jimenez is the closer of the future. I really do. He's got the stuff to do it. He's just got got to get out of his head. That's it. I think we should we should probably jump ship on this and move on. Um. We could take we could talk about this next topic for the first half review for probably hours. Uh, biggest surprises of the season. 
And I think we're both going to right away, we're going to say Brandon Dixon, yeah, biggest surprise Dixon, of the season. Yeah. Biggest star, one of the biggest stars at the plate. I'll make this one short and sweet. Brandon Dixon coming up, signing him from the Reds last offseason. Just one of the most consistent players Dixon in the team this year. Dixon and Rodriguez, biggest surprises in my mind. Honestly, probably Shane Green, too. Yeah. I think everybody uh, thought. I don't, I think, I don't everybody think he's thought, a huge surprise because, I mean, at the end of last season, I'm like, okay, we see what he's going to be. Right, but did anybody expect him to go. I didn't expect him to have on sub one. Right, that's what I'm saying. I yeah, but that was a big surprise. I think everybody figured it'd be two and a half. Good. Everybody figured him to be two and a half, save about ninety percent, and he's saving like ninety five percent, and he's a sub one ERA. That's a huge surprise. To have him pitch that lights out, that's a big surprise. Not him being good, but him being that good. That's a big surprise to me. Another surprise for me is is Norris staying healthy as long as he is. Yeah, that's. I'm very, I honestly, I'm very happy about that. I love Norris. Oh yeah, same here. I just I thought at the beginning of the, going into spring training like this season, I'm like, he's got this new training routine. Oh, it's it supposed to be. It's supposed. To, well, I was going into, I didn't know it was gonna work, but going in, I was like, he's so trying this new training routine. That's what they said every other year. How long is this one gonna last? And if he gets hurt, I say we can him. But I'm glad he would prove me wrong, and I'm yeah. glad like he's, he's like still I've where been, he is. I've been preaching this since we started this podcast. Don't worry about Norris's stats right now. Worry about him. Pitching thirty games this year, that's his biggest. That's his biggest kryptonite. Pitch thirty games, then we'll get you get your arm right. And I think my other surprise is that we just keep giving Buck Farmer the ball. <laughs> Who else are you gonna give it to? Anybody but him. Anybody but him. I. How long has he been been trying to be a pitcher in Detroit now? Three four years. Well, it seems like he's. He he's just like the rest of them do. Goes in a spurt where he's pitching really, really, really well. He can't give up a hit or a run, and the next and then inning, the next inning he's giving up all of the runs. Yeah, he's giving up all of them. But oh, so there's boy. our first half review. So, um, what a happy note! How about we jump into what we talked about the past couple of weeks of the our wild card segment of fun topics? How about we rank our ball, favorite ballpark food? What what's your what's your number? What's the first food you're taking when you think? When you think going to a baseball game and you think you you picture yourself there and you're sitting in this in your chair and you're eating, what are you See, eating? See, I'm a I'm a non traditional kind of guy. Everybody goes and they get Cracker Jacks, they get popcorn, like regular popcorn. Oh, I can't I can't handle popcorn unless it's on the movie theater. And they cut and they and they get hot dogs or whatnot. I'm going barbecue nachos right off the bat. Oh, you go high end. You go with the oh, fancy yeah. foods. Oh yeah, give me my thirteen dollar nachos because honestly, they're pretty filling and they're. Ev- Last Saturday, the game that didn't start till eight o'clock. Right. I was like, man, dude, I want nachos. But nachos bad. We I went see- up. I went up to the Big Cat Court to go get barbecue nachos because it was raining outside. They had the outdoor grill shut down. I was like, are you kidding me? So I walked around and walked around. I was like, nachos, nachos, nachos. They had street nachos. They had regular nachos from the big, what is it? Uh, the big league grill. They had those. But no, I said, I want, I want barbecue nachos. Where are the barbecue nachos? I came across. Shawarma nachos. See, I, oh my god! How are those? Because we've never had a shawarma experience. It's oh. never good. Oh, <laughs> dude, it was delicious. Pita chips, chicken. Oh, it was lots of chicken. Was it dry chicken or was it fairly grilled? Nice chicken? Oh, because every time I've had shawarma chicken, it was super no, it was dry. Beautiful. See, garlic sauce. I'm a no hummus kind of guy. No hummus Ooh. for me. But I had oh, oh. I mean, all, hummus. dude. It was like a salad. It was delicious. Um. I'm a real classic guy. It comes, I'm at when I'm thinking of, I'm at a ball game. It's real simple, really. 
I don't I don't go on up to the out of the stands go get a hot dog. Uh uh-uh. I'm waiting for the dude who's walking around the who's walking around the the park. Hot dogs here. Get your hot. I'm waiting for that guy to come around. Cause as soon as he comes around, I'm like, hey, give me a couple. I'll snag a couple. I make friends with the vendors too, cause you treat See, them well, they treat you well. Oh yeah, I'm an I'm an usher kind of guy. See, I get oh, along yeah. with the ushers. I go in there and I'll usually sit in one spot like the whole season. Like I'll pick a I'll pick a section. And I'm like, all right, I really like that seat. No matter where I sit, I'll sit in that section. Even somewhere close, even you know. So I'll hey, what's going on, man? I saw you last week. How's it going, buddy? You oh, know they hate their life, so I'm gonna give them some light. Oh, I bet you people, dude. Honestly, everybody who's an usher, and this is not a shot at old people, but everybody who's an usher is old. They are probably just retired people who love baseball, so they're like, eh, I'll go be an usher for the Tigers. They're probably living the best life. Honestly. In 24. Can you imagine how much they were hopping in the best, better years? Oh, still. But See, I mean, honestly, if I could retire and go be an usher and watch the Tigers. Base, and watch, get paid to watch yes. baseball. Oh, my God, and yes. Hand, some, hand someone a hot dog. Well, I wouldn't be a vendor because that's a lot of steps at 60. But... If I could be an usher and just tell people, I'm already an usher to the games. I see people walking around like, oh, where's my seat? They ask me. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're on the other side of the field, bud. <laughs> this is this is 110. You Put a little need, zip on the you bud. You need 143. Put a little zip on the bud, too. Oh, yo, wait, you think you're over No, buddy, you're over there. Right. Like, like you're in the wrong section, pal. All right, so well, I'm already an usher, so why not just do it when I retire? So, all right, what, what's your second food you're taking? Roasted... Almonds. Roasted almonds. You cannot go wrong. I will pay 10 bucks for roasted almonds if I have to. $6 is pretty cheap. That's but when you first get to the first get to the stadium, they're fresh. You go up there, and you go up to the lady who's got all the sweets, and you find the steamiest bag you can find. Those are the ones you want. Those are the freshest. Those are the warmest. Those are the most perfect almonds in the world. See, I took that for my third food. In between that, I took the peanuts. Because because like it's a it's a snack that's gonna last you all game, unless you're really committed. Then it took me about four innings to get through them. I'm very committed. They'll probably be gone in two. <laughs> when I for some reason when I eat, it's all gone right now. Do you are you do you, you put them right in the ground? Right, you don't put them in. Oh, the, yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure you weren't it's, one of the guys that puts them in a cup and no, be all I mean, man, it's be curious, a, be a Nancy. But no, 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 just tell them the floor. Yeah, it's that's what it's I'm Detroit. For. It's Detroit. The whole city is peanuts on the floor. Um, you got a number three? This isn't a food, um, but I always get a souvenir cup, and I get yeah. an ice-cold Pepsi with it. I always get a souvenir cup. I've got, like, seven of the same ones in my in my cupboard right now. They make but good cups for anything. Though. They are great cups. For just anything. It doesn't my, have to be liquid. I give my puppy a bath with them. They are great. <laughs> uh, honestly, though, you can't go wrong with an ice-cold Pepsi and a souvenir cup. That's nice cup that you could take home. And I, they have new, they have new at the park this year. If you guys haven't made it down to Comerica Park this year, tickets new are cheap. This year, yeah, tickets are dirt cheap. New this year, they have water bottle refill stations. So instead of having to go buy another water after your pop's going, you can go and take. That would have been nice to know when I was down there. Yeah, you can go and take your bottle. Is it just one of the ones that you? Yeah, the yeah. one of the ones where you just set it on there. It knows that your water's there. And then you just move it out of the way when it's done. The water shuts off. Honestly, game changer because it has it's cold, wa- it's ice be- cold water too. Because when when you live in a world where water is more expensive than pop, it's a sad world. Yes. And so, but I don't mess around with pop down there because because I know like normally I'm sitting in a pretty hot sun. I'm just give me the I'll go through two or three bottles of water and that's probably ten bucks, pretty close. Uh, probably like twelve. I'll probably. I think I think, I think a water is four dollars on me right now. 
uh, but yeah, I when I think of a baseball baseball game, I think of I'm a I got a hot dog, got a bottle of water, I got peanuts, and I got a bag of roasted almonds. Yeah, that's it's, it's a good day. So last week we toyed around with the idea of favorite umpire and manager, back and forth, give and take. I decided to go with. We decided that we would make it a segment for this episode. Why not? And I got a list of seven at least. I don't know if you got any more. I got a couple. Um, I got a couple of the ones you got on your list. I got a couple. One of my favorite ones, and it's not even really a huge, like, it's not a very talked about moment because it's overshadowed um, because of the call. The Armando Galarraga game. Yep. Where literally after that thir- that ninth, that 27th out was recorded, basically, the tw- actually, I should say this, the 28th out was recorded. That's when then Jim Joyce literally, says, oh, oh, I screwed up. Literally everybody from the Tigers' bullpen or from the Tigers' dugout, everything, instead of, you know, giving your team fives for winning a great game, everybody stormed Jim Joyce and was like, hey, buddy, uh, you messed up, and you messed up huge. Yeah. Like, everybody. Leland and Laird were the – Jim Leland, Gerald Laird were my two favorite, just in Jim Joyce's face, pulling each other back to get back into Jim Joyce's face. Jim Leland would pull Gerald Laird. Jim – Jim would have his say. Gerald would pull Jim back. Honestly, Jim's one of the last guys I want getting in my face, too, because he may be old, but I don't want to make Jim Leland mad. No. Uh, no, no I was, Jim I was, Leland is one of the scariest people while in baseball. While I was prepping for the segment, I was watching the one where he was uh, for the Pirates when he was screaming at Barry Bonds in the dugout, oh, yeah. and I was like, that would have made me pucker. Uh, he's probably one of the only managers to ever yell at Barry Bonds. Yeah. He probably is the only yeah. one. Not one of the. He's probably the only one to talk to him like he did. That is a great clip. If you've even seen that one, look that one up because that is a great clip. Um, I think one of my – anything Billy Martin related is probably one of the best things. Kicking the dirt, just turn – Always extra. Just going on – I don't know if – I think Earl Weaver did it too or they both did it of turn the hat backwards just like so get even closer to the oh, yeah. camp. <laughs> That's like a, in um, uh, Bull Durham yep. when he goes out to argue and he turns the hat backwards the second he leaves the dugout. What in the <laughs> that, next next pod? Here's what we're doing. We're ranking baseball movies. Oh yeah, we know if the Tigers have another bad week. We might have to just to come. Up with I don't know why you said concept. if it's gonna happen. If it's after the All Star break, you have to say if. I think you gotta. I think when you talk manager versus umpires, you really have to talk Lou Pinella. Oh my God, yes. The guy was always yelling. Every clip of Lou Pinella out there is not him being a great manager. It's him yelling at somebody or taking a base and chucking it or taking it or kicking exactly. dirt, throwing his hat. Oh yeah, Lou Pinello was one of one of the most animated guys out there. There's no doubt about it. One that I was going through watching it that I forgot is Joe Madden throwing out every manager. I completely forgot about that until I re- yeah. re- reread it. I, yeah. He gets thrown, so he goes <laughs> to every umpire out there and throws them out. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, that was that was good. Yeah. Um, like Gardy this year, I I, I love Gard- I love it when Gardy gets. Because he looks like a little gnome out there. He does. He I does. love it when Gertie gets animated. It is the funniest thing ever. But you can tell it's real, just real frustration with him right now. But he is so funny watching him just run I, out there. I honestly hope there's a conversation with the umpire to, to Gertie, like at some point. Like, you're doing this because your team sucks? Yeah. All right. Let's, let's make this fun. Yeah. We'll just let, make okay. it look like we're young. Bad day at the office? Yep. All right. Screaming. How are your kids? <laughs> How is your day? Yeah. That would be. What did so, you have for breakfast? You're just yelling at each other, making it look like it. <laughs> uh, the in, in the dugout. 
what are they yelling about? And then over there? Cabrera goes out, actually, actually arguing baseball, and Guardy's like, all right, he wasn't supposed to do that. Yeah, that was unplanned. <laughs> he he yells for the dugout all the time. Yeah. Um, I'm, I got this one. One I've got now. I'm gonna save that one for the second to last. Lloyd, people forget about legendary Lloyd. Uh, his time in taking, Seattle, taking everything. Yeah, t- taking putting throwing his hat at second, taking first, and then telling the telling the umpire he says, "I'm you're not using it, so I will." Right. And I, I just people forget about that. And when you think Lloyd McClendon, you think of um, you either love him or hate him. And I, I'm on the, I a lot of people, a lot of people in Detroit think of him as just a hitting coach who left and then came back. But didn't he leave to go manage the he, Seattle Mariners again? Again, yeah. I, and then I he, didn't, he only, it only lasted like two or three years. I didn't really care for him when he was a hitting coach first time in Detroit, so. I liked him. I have always liked Lloyd McClendon. I thought he always did well over here. We always had, it always seems like we always do halfway decent with our offense every year. So, it's, it is what it is, but I, I've always enjoyed Lloyd McClendon as, in his time in Detroit. Um, you've got it on here, too. The, we've talked about it before on the podcast. The Terry Collins no, wake up moment. Yeah. No Syndergaard. And who was he even throwing? I just watched this the other day. Who was he throwing to? No, it was. It wasn't Bryce. It was. I don't know who it was. Who he was throwing to. But that whole mic'd up segment was just absolutely phenomenal. Um, I'm trying to find the dialogue of it. We can't. This is a PG podcast. We cannot say that. Oh, words. I'll, I'll, I'll just. You know what I'm going to do. It's it's nice though because th- again, like I said this last podcast last week, it's a side of baseball you never get to see. You never get to see the umpires arguing. You never get to hear. It, I should say that's the better word. Yeah, I mean, Syndergaard he throws throw, throws way behind him, and then he says the pitch just got away from me. Well, I was just trying to and throw then, a pitch, and then Neil Walker comes up and starts. No, no. But the best part about it is, I completely forgot about the dialogue. I just read what the umpire said. Oh, our asses in the jackpot. Our asses huh? are in the jackpot. Yeah, that's that's. I've never heard that before, but whatever. Hey, whatever that means. And then, oh yeah, baseball did nothing to that guy. He did nothing yeah. to that guy. Come on, Terry, our asses in the jackpot, and you know it. Yeah. Oh, well, that's... I can't do anything about that, Terry. I don't even know who the umpire was, but he's great. Uh, it was. It's not Rothschild. I don't no, know. it was Hallian. Was his last name? Yeah, Doesn't say his first. Yeah, I don't know a lot of umpires unless it's C.D. Buckner, Country Joe. Oh, I actually know a lot of umpires. Uh, Jim Joyce, but oh, yeah. you, you, you don't hear a lot from them anymore. Everybody knows all the bad ones. Yeah. So I actually, some of the names I recognize, but pretty and good umpires. This one, okay, this one isn't a manager versus umpire. This is a manager versus mascot. <laughs> yeah, Lasorda. <laughs> Tommy yeah. Lasorda going at and beating up the Philly Fanatic. I'm not a big fan of the Philly Fanatic. He's, he's quite the rascal. Well, that's why I love him. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, in a baseball, I love mascot. Favorite mascot, quick tangent, Orbit from the Astros. Oh, yeah. Got love 100%. Orbit. Orbit is one of the funniest mascots in oh, all yeah. sports. Anyway, no, the Fanatic, I love. I love the Fanatic. I think he's funny. <laughs> I love it when he goes into the recording booths or the TV booths and messes with John Cruck. That is the best. <laughs> yeah. Beating up the fanatic, it's not a good look for you. I, I think that's one of almost any time someone interviews Lasorda, that's what they talk about. Yeah, even forty years later, right? Or it was. And I don't, do you have anything else, or do you got you got the last one that I've got? I got the last one you got too. And this one isn't even a major. Like this is the Braves minor league manager, Mississippi Braves, I believe it was. I have no idea. Uh, this is a few years ago. Yeah, I remember when this came out. This was a few years ago. Oh, I got one more. But we'll go after this. Okay. Uh, this is where. 
he, he gets ejected. <laughs> he t- kicks dirt all over home plate. Make sure he yeah, covers complete, it. Yeah, completely covers it. You can't <laughs> even tell that a baseball field was even played there at one point. He, then he redraws a plate even bigger. Right. Points it at, points it out, yells about it. And then he goes over to third base, kicks a little bit of dirt on it, kicks the bag, knocks it loose, takes it, walks over a second, kind of tosses it right outside the infield. And then my favorite part of the whole entire thing is when he walks, gets yeah, halfway into the gets halfway between the pitcher's mound and second, then he just starts army crawling because he's in the like, middle of a battle. Like he's crawling under stuff, he crawls and gets to the rosin bag, takes it. Pulls, well, pulls the pin with his teeth, pulls the metaphorical pin with his teeth, and Throw, chucks it chucks at, it like the a grenade. at the umpires. At the umpires. The best part is within feet of the umpires. The umpires just watch him. They're watching him go around doing this whole act the whole time, and then they, they're watching him crawl. The heads are just like rotating. Picks up the bag, then the heads just arc up with the with the rosin bag. They watch it fall, hits the ground, and it just falls. And then he just looks. Does he leave out of the bullpen or something? Does he leave out of the outfield? Or is he oh probably, I was dying laughing at this. Did more shenanigans. The guy was just having a Vietnam moment. The guy was a Vietnam veteran, and he just was having a PTSD moment. The helicopters in the background. Oh my god! It was that was probably one of that is probably the funniest of all time. And then that, what was do you, a, that was a pretty good moment. And then what do you got for? So this was I don't even know what school it was. It was just a viral video that I saw, and <laughs> it oh, was it's not even a manager. College baseball kid gets ejected for arguing balls and strikes, like most kids do, and. He gets ejected, goes back to the dugout, throws all of his stuff down. His his coach or manager is, is talking to the umpire, arguing back. I think the manager ended up getting ejected. But the kid comes back, goes into the dugout, goes into the clubhouse. Then he comes back with their clubhouse garbage can, sets yep. it sets it at yep, home plate, right. goes, that's you. Yep. Go back to your home. <laughs> <laughs> like, that one is just funny to me. I love that one. That, yeah, yeah, you can't go wrong with a good yelling at the umpire. Oh yeah. Making the umpire look like a fool. Oh like, yeah. Go back to your home. You so too, are you too good for your home? <laughs> <laughs> so we got there's our bonus content for the All Star Game, our ballpark food, first half review, and our favorite umpire arguments. But as the team continues to spiral down the drain, we'll we'll bring in some more fun topics for you. Keep it, to we'll keep this a nice lighthearted podcast. Trade trade talks are still pretty dead. Yeah. And we're getting close. It, any minute now, the Tigers are going to start blowing up. Oh, we're in talks with this guy. I mean, Boyd's name's been kind of thrown out all over the place. I keep hearing this and I keep hearing that, but no actual reports of stuff coming out. Same thing with Shane Green. I keep hearing this, I keep hearing that, but nothing hard has come out yet. So it's, you know, everybody's talking everywhere except for with the Tigers because Alavila's, which rightfully so, on the players that people want. He's batting. He's asking for the moon and stars. So, it, I think I think honestly it's a legitimate shot if the if Boyd goes to the Astros though, with how yeah because they're they need a, they're gonna need an extra piece at some point, right? Even if it's just like a Boyd's gonna be like a number four or five in that rotation with. Uh, so they've always got a pitch. They've always got a pitcher going out. Yeah, McHugh, uh, Cole, and Verlander, two aces. I keep forgetting that they have Cole. Oh, yeah, he's undermined right now this year by Verlander, yeah. but he is pitching he's just phenomenal. as well as Verlander. Yeah. He's phenomenal this year. The one I see, I, if Boyd gets traded, he goes to the Astros. If Green gets traded, he's probably not to the Cubs. He's going to a National League East team if he gets traded. 
that's where he goes. Is somewhere in the National League East. Maybe the Phillies, because the Phillies, but the Phillies are kind of out of it. Um, not really. I don't know how far they're back. No, no, no. If the season ends today, I'm pretty sure they're wild card. Right. They're so in. maybe maybe the Phillies get them. They've got a big pocketbook right now. They're in the mood to spend. Like you're telling me that you're going to be happy with winning a wild card right after you went and got everybody. Right. You know, JT Realmuto. Uh, Spent the money on non All Star Harper or non Home Run Derby Harper. Right. Harper and who's that shortstop what? that they got? They got a really good shortstop, and I can't think of his name. I don't pay attention much out of oh Philly. Oh, my God. What is that guy's name? Uh, one of the talks that I thought that finally it took forever to finally get there was Mets are in talks with Dale and Syndergaard, which I don't blame him. I mean, he's he, he's too unpredictable. On Syndergaard? Yeah, it's I, – I don't know. If you can get him consistent, the guy's one of the best pitchers. Yeah, with his but fastball and everything, how fast he can toss it. But Well, he's got great command. You just don't know what he, what's going to happen with him every time he goes on the mound. Um, I don't even know where he'd even go, to be honest. No one. Uh, probably out west. The Dodgers would probably take him. He'd probably go back to another National League team. Do you think this is the year the Dodgers finally win it? No. I, I, I don't think so. I got the Astros winning again. Yeah, the Astros are probably good. It's going to be their pitching if they can keep their pitching up. But I, yeah, Astros would be a good pick. The Yankees are looking really, really strong this year. As much as I hate to say it, uh, it's it's going to be another American League team, though. Nobody is looking that strong in the National League except for the Dodgers. Dodgers yeah. So it's definitely going to be an American League team. I think I think the Twins, with being how young and rambunctious they are, could give a team like the Astros or the Yankees, however they seed it up. Um, I think they could give them a run for their money. Do I think they're going to make it past the first round? Probably not. But I, if it's the Dodgers and Yankees, Dodgers win. See, I don't know. I think Dodgers will clean house with the Yankees. I think the Dodgers have history against them, and Yankees have. I think it'd make a really well. Uh, I think broadcasted. Yankees. I think the Yankees have history with them. It'd make a really good marketed series. Like that would that. probably the two number one or the two highest payroll teams, the highest pocketbook, the highest. What's the word we've been looking for here? The highest paid franchises, the most wealthy franchises in the league. That would be a good one. But it's funny, too, though. The two most wealthy franchises are filled with mostly young players. Other than Giancarlo Stanton, who did the Yankees go and sign? Have they signed? Yeah, or acquired. DJ LeMahieu. Uh, LeMahieu and... And Conercion. They went and traded him. Traded I wouldn't him, say he's yeah. even really a big ticket item right no. now. Jacoby Ellsbury, like six years ago, when he was still good, but he's not even a good, crucial part of this team. Judge is gonna get a nice paycheck here. In a little oh bit. yeah, <laughs> but I'm saying a lot of their guys are young. Yeah, and they acquired them when they weren't costing a whole lot, if they acquired them at all. Same thing with the Dodgers right now. Who honestly did they did they go buy? Kershaw is a homegrown man. Bellinger is a homegrown man. A lot of their guys are homegrown man. Turner's a homegrown. Uh, they, yeah, but he was he's another one of those guys where they basically made him like like we did with JD Martinez. Was doing really poorly with the Mets and then he came over to the Dodgers and one team's trash and another team's treasure. Right, exactly. McCann. Exactly. McCann. I mean Eddie Robbie Ray with the for the Tigers. I mean it's the name goes the name. You want him? You want him? Yeah, we're not using him, take him. Yeah, for real. Uh yeah, so that's not really not really any other talks right now. Nothing nothing extravagant anyway. So now let's let's get into the All Star break. Let's get into the home run derby. And let's get into the oh All Star game. That was let's, well. First, we 
you, you were kind. You were basically right. I was way off, dude. I will take that as an absolute win because Vladimir Guerrero Jr. with a middle name, hit of... the most home runs in the home run derby ever. That number, I would say that number probably never gets touched, but it probably will by Vladdy Jr. next season. Anyway, yeah, I was gonna say yeah. I thought to him like that number never get broke. That's gonna get broken by him. Yeah, I, or some other kid. That... First thing I want to talk about is. What a garbage stadium to do an all-star game. Great. All-star stuff. I hate Cleveland. I think we're pretty biased because I didn't think it was that bad. I hate When it comes Cleveland to all-star Park. game, I'm pretty neutral about – I try to go neutral because I absolutely hate any I, – It's not even that it's an AL Central team. I just hate Cleveland's park. See, I don't think it's that bad. I think they try to do a mini green monster over there. That's what I don't like about it. But honestly, though, I, don't like, I just don't like the whole Vladimir state of Ohio. Guerrero Jr., Made that mini monster look very mini. The guy was hitting 480-foot bombs. He hit, again, 91 home runs. That number, if it doesn't get touched by Vladdy Jr., it will probably never get touched again. 40 home runs in a single round. 40. Yes, he had three playoffs in that round, but that is still absurd. I didn't think... I and you and I were texting when it was going on, and I said that there's no way that Jock's gonna. Oh my God, Jock! I was like, oh yeah, Jock's done. Jock, yeah, I think not. Jock thought he was done, but then he goes out and hits 29 in the in the regulation round. Right. Like, oh my God. So I will take that as an absolute win that I said Vladdy Jr. is gonna win it because the only reason he lost it is because he was absolutely gassed from hitting 40 home runs literally like a half hour earlier. So. I will take that as a 110% win. For I mean, congrats to Pete, too. I mean, he was oh, yeah, right he place did. at the right time. De- de- textbook definition of right place at the right time. But Absolutely. What, what I like about Pete, though, is that I, Vlad played it smart. He knew he's going to pull the crap out of the ball. I What impressed me about Pete is he hit everywhere. So did Acuna Jr. Yeah. Did you see that yeah, guy? He was, he was he really just, flexible. He the power. swung at every pitch. It seemed like he swung at every pitch. And hit the ball. If it was on the outside of the plate, he was hitting it to right center field. If it was on the inside of the plate, he was hitting it to left left center field. The guy just hit it where it was pitched and was still hitting a bunch of home runs. I, I like that I didn't way. think he was going to do that well on the home I didn't Derby. think so. I thought he was going to look like a fool. Uh, but, no, just, I really, really liked Alonzo and Acuna Jr., what they did. Yeah, Vladdy's was all strategy, but it would have been more impressive for Vladdy had he been doing that all over the field instead of just left. Right, I mean, he he, he would have, he could have had such an amazing spray chart. Oh my god, his spray chart was already amazing because they were just all red because they were all over four hundred. I was waiting. For, I was hoping he just bounce them off the stadium. He hit a oh, couple. I mean, off the scoreboard. What I really did. wanted to see, I just wanted. He hit like four or five off the scoreboard. Did he? Yes. I, I don't, whenever no. I looked up, I never watch it again. I never he hit like four or five off the scoreboard, dude. So what? did Alonzo. So did no, Jack Peterson didn't. Uh, so did, yeah. Well, I'm, well, what I really want, I wanted to see a lefty put it in the third deck, but I knew that wasn't happening. Yeah, nobody's got that kind of power. But well, the guy I hate to be is on Twitter, Jeremy Danner. His tweet: I get that Vlad Guerrero Jr. is an exciting player, but dude's tied for 179th place in homers in MLB and 99th in the AL. There are tons of dudes I'd rather see in the Derby. That tweet aged well. Oh, you want to know what other tweet aged very well? The the Rangers going. Yeah, no one's going to beat this. Posting the, post the video of all the Hamilton home runs in that year in the Yankee Stadium that he set the record for, what, 25 home runs? That was also before the timer. Right? right. He did it, and he could hit for hours if he really wanted mm-hmm. to. Um, I want to see what, how many Vlad would have done without a timer. Oh, yeah. In the it, same rules that Hamilton did? Yeah. Oh, probably hundreds, honestly. But he did it with 
glad he did without the timer or with the timer and hit four more home runs. <laughs> but the Rangers go, good luck hitting this number tonight, boys. And then right after the home run derby, they go, oops. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Uh, yes, Bell Bell let me down in the derby. I think he he just wasn't – he didn't have a plan. He wasn't pulling it like he should have been. He just – we just went up there and hit it. Uh, also game I thought was a complete snooze fest. I just I was just happy to see Green Green pitch a good inning. And McCann. And McCann. The thing we wanted happened. It happened. The one thing we wanted in the All Star game, we wanted it to close the game. But Aroldis Chapman got that. Whatever doesn't matter. I don't care. American League won. That's all I care about. Even though it doesn't mean anything. Right. But the one thing that we wanted as a group happened. People, we were very happy about that. Very happy. And a clean inning too. Just like it ne- they never even left. Mm-hmm. God, I love baseball. I'm just... <sighs> All-Star break, I love it. I love how it is and the home run derby and the game and everything. But the stretch from then until you hear the magic number in standings can get, can get dull for me sometimes. I mean, I love baseball around, but just sometimes that stretch is... I just get... So I get annoyed of every little trade talk. And just any l- scrap, scrapping for any little bit of media coverage I can get. But until you start hearing magic number is, that's when I peek back in. I'm a whole new guy. Right. Because playoff baseball is the best baseball. Oh, yes. Everyone knows that. Oh, yes. Well, I think that about does it for this episode. We've got quite a bit of morning in. we got our post-vacation all-star break blues. Because now we know tomorrow Detroit's back. And we've got Detroit versus KC. Should be. Hopefully it's a good confidence booster for us. That's what we said last time. That's what we said last time. Probably against the Marlins, too. Oh, wait. Not the Marlins. We didn't get spanked nope. by them, too. Oh, yeah. That was when we first started the podcast against the Mets and the Marlins. We were like, oh, yeah, this hopefully this is a good season, for, or a good series for them. And they were like, the Tigers like, watch this. 0-6 against those two teams. Love it, Tigers. Love it. We love the Tigers. I, we love you. I'm saying we lose the series to KC. Hey, we love the Tigers. We love you. Y'all have a great night. Go Tigers.